For Truth with a Texas Twang, Fireside Talk Radio, the show where women ponder the things we store in our hearts. Host Kathy Carafi invites experts to talk openly about what women care about, like how to create lifelong companionship, dealing with mental illness in our families, bullying at school, and many others. You name it, we talk about it. Listen in now as Kathy helps us find answers to our most tender questions. Welcome to Camp Graffy's Fireside Talk Radio, where our goal is to ponder over all the tried and true stuff women store in our hearts as we knit our families together in lifelong fellowship. Our favorite verse on this show is Luke 2.19, but Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. All right. Well, we have a great show today. We're so glad you're listening in. We're just so glad to welcome you. We're calling this show Divine Design, Fostering a Confident Heart. And I am interviewing Robin Melvin, but I was grabbing my paper on the floor that says the other interview. I just want to be sure you know we have two. Designed by God, the power of true identity. Okay, so we're going to be talking about fostering a confident heart in a culture that keeps telling us bad stuff. Robin, do you care? I'm going to steal your verse, and I'm going to start with Romans 12, 1 and 2. Do you care if I don't usually do this every time? Do you mind if I do it today? No, I don't mind at all. It's Romans 12, 2. Yes, I know, but (laughs) I just have to read one because I love it so much. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And and this is number two. This is the one Robin wanted me to read because her book is based on it. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I think there's so much to unpack there, Robin. But it, it, I will tell you, when I found that verse as a college kid, I thought, oh, thank God. Thank you, Lord. There's hope for me. There's hope. This verse tells me there's hope for me because I needed a lot of transforming. Mm -hmm. I was a brand new believer. And I think we're living in a time when um, people just feel very displaced. They don't understand. They have no understanding of God's divine design for them, for their bodies, for their emotions, for their mind, for their Mm -hmm. life and their purpose and so we see all this confusion in the culture we're living in and it it just breaks my heart so i couldn't wait to get you on the show for that reason because you're hitting on these topics in such a beautiful way she has an amazing um bio but y'all know in the second one when i start picking people's brain for their wisdom i don't usually do the bio so you'll have to go to the other the other episode where she told a little bit of her story and you can find it there, her bio. Okay. So Robin, I just don't even know where to begin, but I like, I like the fact that you took up a really hard word sanctification, which was um, kind of a, a churchy word. So I, I'm wondering, do you think, do you see the cultural disintegration that we are seeing rooted in, do you think that's rooted in our our generation has not understood or embraced 
sanctification, that really churchy big word. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah, I, I do believe that that is um, definitely seen, you know, in our culture, actually, you know, in the church um, culture, unfortunately. But yeah, sanctification, it's a big churchy word. Um, it's really um, not that difficult, but um, it just means to be, to seek holiness, to seek after God and to be set apart for his work and to become like Christ. Um, we were designed, Genesis 126 tells us that we are made in the image of God. And um, and I think believe it's Oswald Chambers that, that mentions that um, um, we, it's sanctification is, um, oh my goodness, taking on the qualities and the characteristics of God. Um, because I believe, you know, he, he made us in his image, so it's in there and, and he wouldn't tell us to do it if it wasn't possible to seek after him and to um, take on his characteristics and his qualities. And yes, it's a lifelong journey um, because we will never attain the fullness and the holiness completely of God. But that is our aim to become more like that. Christ so that we can not only live out our divine design and our purpose here um, to love God and love people, um, but that's it. We once we can be transformed on the inside, you know, be sanctified. Um, um, we can we can reflect that, you know, to the world. So that's our our mission, right? <laughs> that Jesus left that. us with. So I, I love that so much, and I think it's really relevant in the culture we're living in right now because if if you understand that God designed you. It's so much easier when I can, like, for instance, in my case, if I can remember that God designed me for a purpose and the other person is being very angry and mad at me or, or ugly or just mean and rude, it's so much easier for me to continue to be who I want to be so much more like Christ than I would find possible if I can remember that God designed me for a purpose and it isn't to lose my temper, which I do on a regular basis. So that's probably what came right to my mind. But, um, but, but my, my, I find that I have the energy for being more like Jesus when, and more, more kind and gentle and, and loving and unselfish and patient I have the energy for that when I remember that hit, that God didn't, I'm not accidental. He designed me intentionally. And, mm -hmm. and I, if I can keep that in mind, it does two things. It lets me be that person who's more kind, but it also reminds me the other person might just be having a bad moment, you know, mm -hmm. and their moment might have lasted a pretty long time, like a lifetime almost, but that isn't, that is not who God designed them to be. So, yeah. That that's very empowering. I, I so I want to I want to switch gears a little bit because I loved what you wrote about the chameleon mindset. Would you mind explaining that to us? Because I think compared to sanctification, it makes a nice contrast, right? Well, on the one hand, we're called to be like Jesus, but we don't want to fake it, right? So. T Tell me a little bit about the chameleon mindset. I thought that was so powerful in, in what you wrote. Yeah, well, like a, <clears throat> excuse me, like a chameleon, you know, we we often, we might tend to want to blend into our surroundings, to be accepted, 
yeah. to gain approval. Um, we don't want to be different. And, you know, but we're called to be different, right? Um, and a lot of times um, we just, that becomes um, just the way we roll. I mean, we don't even, we don't even think about sometimes that we're even doing it. Um, so I'm, I'm thinking particularly, you know, back in the day, I think a lot of times as, as young people and teenagers, it can become quite a temptation to do that because you do, you're, you're, you want to be valued and accepted so much. And I just remember, um, you know, a lot of things that were going on in, in my home and, um, my, my brother was, was killed in a car accident. Um, mm. when I, was about, I think I was 15. And so a lot of these things were never talked about. And, um, but anyway, just, just, um, not having that voice to talk about these things. And we, we all at a certain age are at that age, we're uh, wrestling with who we are anyway. Right. It's like the big question as teenagers, you're just figuring out who you are. And um, I just remember so much just wanting to be accepted and blending in and doing whatever that took um, in the crowd to um, yeah. and a lot of times a lot of negative things to be accepted instead of just maybe um, being able to know that I was made for something different or that we all were made for something different. Um, yeah. 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 Let yeah. me let me quote you. <laughs> I love to do this. I love to pull quotes from my friends when they write books and just put them out there. But I love this quote. My friends, feeling is healing. Talking is healing. To pretend a hurt doesn't exist won't erase it. We must go there to get out of there. Stuffing pain and staying in it, we waste away from the inside out. Like a parasite in our gut, it slowly sucks the life right out of us that is written by robin melvin in her book uncover your divine design robin when i read that i just highlighted it and put a big star by it and that's an amazing comment it, it's so insightful and succinct about you know you mentioned your brother's death and the fact that it wasn't y'all weren't able to talk about it i think you know from experience what that is like mm-hmm yeah, absolutely. Um, and that was, you know, modeled my, my father, bless his heart. I just, I have so much compassion toward him now to, to look back mm-hmm. and to see the timeline of these mm. years. And he had just, he just returned from being evacuated out when Saigon fell. And mm. I mean, what a stressful, stressful time for him. Um, but yeah, you know, um, that was just another thing from the culture that everybody did. They just stuffed grief. Um, they didn't really know you're just supposed to stuff it and move on. My mother lost babies and she was told to, mm. it's best if you don't, you know, go there, you don't see the baby, you just, oh. you just move on. And I just, it's incomprehensible to me now um, because it does, that does stay in you. And I mean, science even proves that emotions that are not um, processed um, in a healthy way, they, they literally are stored in your body. And I don't know who said it, but um, a doctor said, um, if we don't cry, our bodies will. So oh, in other wow. words, we, our bodies are going to feel the effect of this, whether it comes out as disease or, you know, hypertension or, I mean, just all these things that can happen on our body because we, we can store up all this tension. Um, and we aren't, we aren't created to do that. I, I, I don't believe it all. Yeah. I'm. 
I'm we're going to come to the end. And before we get to the mm-hmm. middle of this program, I definitely want to give everybody your robinmelvin.com, R-O-B-I-N-M-E-L-V-I-N.com. And you can find all Robin's stuff there. When we come back after the break, I'm going to ask Robin to talk to me a little bit about forgiveness. It's always a big topic with me. I I don't want to hold grudges. I find that I do sometimes. I hate to admit it, but that's the truth. And so I always try to, whenever I see somebody's written something good on forgiveness, I always try to pick their brain and get some good quotes for my blog. So Robin, I'm really excited. I saved that for last because I want to talk about forgiveness and self-forgiveness and sanctification when we come back from the break. So I want, and I also want to take a minute and just tell our, our listening friends, we're so glad you're with us. Robin and I do this sometimes it's even a little scary to put things out there online, like your story and your wisdom. And I just admire her courage. And I know that I know her well enough to know the reason she's doing this is for you. So we're very glad that you found this episode and we hope you'll share it with your friends. We're going to be back in just a few minutes. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about forgiveness and um, the way you can help your children be real and not uh, chameleons. don't want to miss a moment at Fireside Talk Radio, so stay tuned for more adventures as we talk about the things women store and ponder in their hearts. More truth with a Texas twang when we return. Y'all to see my blue-eyed Sally. She lives way down on Shimbone Alley. The number on the gate and the number on the door in the next house over is a grocery store. Want to move from coexisting to cherished? From isolated to influential? Hi, this is Kathy. Just for you, we have two books out now devoted to creating better conversations. Life-changing conversational adventures. Marriage Conversations, From Coexisting to Cherished, is 20 chapters packed with easy, practical ideas. This is the book I wrote for my kids. It's brimming over with personal stories and stuff I learned the hard way. Then, The Well, The Art of Drawing Out Authentic Conversations explores over 40 different ways Jesus launched the woman at the well from lonely to leadership. You can find our books with our wonderful publishers, Cross River Media and Elk Lake Publishers, at local bookstores or at Amazon.com. Buy two, one to read out loud to your hubby and one to share with a friend. Order yours today and have your own conversational adventures tonight. What if I told you there was a new place for senior care? A place where mom's bathtub recitals are met with rousing applause? Where Lola the Yorkie Poo has the run of the place? A place where corn dogs are on the menu whenever? It's home. Where mom built her life. Call Home Instead Senior Care at 1 800 455 CARE or visit homeinstead.com to learn more about in home services like 24 hour care, memory care, hospice support, and meals and nutrition. All oh, miles and miles of Texas. Yeah. We want to thank our generous sponsors for making these candid conversations possible at Fireside Talk Radio, where truth and Texas twang meet. I saw miles and miles of Texas. 
All right. Welcome back. We're just so glad you're with us. We're so glad you're you're having this conversation with us. And I've been looking forward to it myself. Robin wrote such a fantastic book. In fact, it's so funny. I wrote her an endorsement for a book and then I forgot I did it and I wrote her another batch. <laughs> as I was getting ready, to, I should read some of those on air, but I won't bore the reader or reading friends. I don't want to listen to all that. I mean, listening friends. But it is a good book. And I always forget to say the front title. I always want to say Divine Design, but I know it's Uncovering Divine Design. Is that right? Tell Uncover me your, your Divine Design. <laughs> yes, tell the Uncover, whole time. Uncover Your Divine Design, Who Did God Create You to Be? I'm just laughing at myself. I pulled a whole bunch of your quotes, and after every single one, your title is is written right here on my paper. <laughs> it must be written five times, and, but for some reason, when I need it, I'm not looking at the right spot. Okay, so we've been talking. We started with sanctification, which I love that word, but it is a big churchy word. And simply, it just means wanting to be more like Jesus, which we know we're not ever going to be God. He did not make us to be gods, a little demigods. He made us to be human, and he loves us that way. But when we obey him and look to him and love him and and have faith that he's a good God, then that begins to kind of transfer transform our life and our everything about us. It certainly transformed my life. You know, Robin, when I got saved, I didn't even think— I didn't even, I just thought I had nothing to lose. My life was just not going the direction I wanted it to go. And I thought, well, these Christians, some of them were kind of weird, I guess. But the the ones <laughs> I knew, like my sister, she was amazing. And I knew her well enough to know she was not faking it. You know, you can fool a lot of people, but you can't fool your own sister. So <laughs> that's how I became, began to get serious. Like Jesus must be who he claimed to be or else how could my sister live that way and keep telling me that she loves him and he loves her. So that was kind of how I became a Christian. Okay. So I promised that when we came back, I wanted to talk a little bit about how we, uh, how we model for our children, what it really looks like to be who we really are walking in our design and not being chameleons. Like how do you, how do you do that for yourself and how do you teach your kids to be the exceptional person God made them to be when everybody else wants you to be average? So tell me about that, Robin. Wow, that's a good question. Um, how do we do it? Um, you know, I, I it's a challenge. I, um, I've just, I guess what I've modeled, especially in writing this book, and it was very cathartic to me and very healing for me to yeah. go, wow, so deep. It was excruciating at times, but. God just brought a lot of healing for me, but, um, it's been really cool to see my, my adult children. They're all adults now. Um, just how they have responded kind of to seeing my transformation and to see my confidence come out and for me to even, wow, for this book to even becoming, you know, become a real thing. And, um, so I guess just for me, um, that's kind of a tough one to answer. I don't know why. Um, Oh, I can yes. give you I get, can give you a quote right out of your book. I'm just waiting, oh, waiting okay. to quote you <laughs> yeah. to yourself. I mean, I love the story. Okay, <laughs> here's here's a quote from Robin. This exemplifies to me. This is probably why your children turned out so great, by the way. Okay, <laughs> as I walk to my car, my thoughts jump to the next thing. Lunchtime. What do I feed my family? 
my parents were visiting and the old needing it perfect me would have thought overthought it and freaked out but i didn't <laughs> peace replaced panic and i decided that tuna sandwiches were good enough boom God is already <laughs> renewing my mind. I love that so much because I love tuna sandwiches. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, I also, yeah, I just love that, that. First of all, you know, you said you, you reach deep to, to ride. I know how that feels. It's really hard, actually. And But I love that story. Sorry to interrupt you. That's okay. That was the day that I invited Christ into my life. And I said, Lord, you got to lead me because I made a mess. You know, I've made a mess. You know, I was a good person. I was raising some good kids. I was a good little army wife, but I was so broken inside and so empty and guilt ridden and just so many regrets and just all these things. And so God drew me that day and I um, accepted you know, him to come in to forgive me and to, um, to lead my life. And yeah, I walked out of that little church that day, just the day was brighter. I swear it was, I think because my head was lifted, I wasn't so much looking at the ground, but yeah, that's, that is a story that I remember right away then thinking, um, and it, it truly, you know, what a thing to be stressed out about what you're going to feed your family when you get home. But it was just such a knee-jerk reaction for me. It was just how I rolled. It was just a, a stressful thing to go, oh, my gosh, it needs to be perfect. What am I going to feed them? And not so much my kids and my husband, I suppose. But like I said, you said um, my parents were visiting. And so it had to be something, you know, it had to be kind of perfect. And but yeah, right away, God was changing me already because I was like, yeah, no big deal. Well, do you think (laughs) this is just me, but I was a young mom in the eighties and I'm telling you, things were a little too perfect back then. Like you had to have napkins that matched your your plate and and the right, and the cupcakes had to be iced in the right color. I think Martha Stewart (laughs) influenced a whole generation of us in a way that was not healthy, (laughs) you know? (laughs) There was something about yeah. that era that was not good. Tuna fish, though, that's so perfect. <laughs> so we, we have this motto, like there's always peanut butter and jelly. That that kind of became right. my motto as a young mother because I thought, I just yeah. can't do this. This is not working. And you know where yeah. I saw that again was homeschooling. I had friends that were so intense and and disciplined and careful and meticulous about their homeschooling curriculums they were actually some of it they're writing themselves that it really it freaked me out to the point that I wasn't really consider wasn't willing to consider homeschooling at first now we did all of that we did homeschooling uh private public everything but I needed to do what was best for the kids and at that moment homeschooling was best for them and and I ended up doing something very organic with the way I did it But there was this whole movement of people that were so perfect Mm -hmm. about their homeschooling Mm -hmm. that freaked the rest of us out. (laughs) Right. Yeah, I did the same. Um, And uh, I know what you're talking about because I did homeschool for a while. And um, it was kind of stressful to think if you had to have it that together. Yeah. It worked for some people, but I was a little more relaxed with it. We, We found the kids were they were eager learners. Like if you could find the right things for them, they would just learn on their own. It didn't have to be me being so perfect. So I was relieved mm-hmm. by that. And and I like to throw that out there occasionally, just in case anybody's listening, that is thinking of homeschooling. It doesn't have to be perfect. And we have some great stuff 
on our website about that if you're interested. Um, I want to come back to that idea of forgiveness because it's such a big one in my life. I, I know um, one of my friends told me once I began to talk about my abortion, you know, 40 years ago, she uh, said, you're going to know stuff about forgiveness that the rest of us may never learn. And that was a really encouraging thing she told me. But I do find I still think it's hard to forgive and especially forgive myself. So and I think those things are really closely related to sanctification and being like Jesus. So talk to me a little bit about what the Lord taught you as you were writing about forgiveness. Wow. Yes. Um, what's interesting, you know, is when I was a brand new believer um, there in Arkansas, um, I I knew that I had learned uh, Ephesians 4.32. Our pastor had us um, learning verses, and it was be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. And so I knew right away I needed to check that box. Okay, I'll forgive. So I did, you know, with with um, certain people in my life and and certainly with with my parents, there was some forgiveness needed there. Um, And but as a baby Christian, so to speak, I you know, that that was enough. That's what I needed to get me on track and to start understanding what forgiveness was. But wow, you know, I often say that um, forgiveness can be very layered and very lengthy. And that's what I discovered, especially in writing my book, as I started going back into some of these memories. Oh. And also, and also, I was um, 50, 49 or 50 when I started my book. So I'm in my early 50s. I'm writing this book. And I'm realizing that my parents were about that same age when they were raising me in junior high and high school. They were older parents. Wow. I was the youngest of six. So they... Um, so just looking back at their time and their season in life, and like I said, when I was 11, 12 years old, and my dad would talk to me and give me stories about his experiences in Vietnam and, you know, some fun ones and some sad ones, but I didn't, you know, I'm looking back when I'm 50, 52 years old, and I'm realizing this timeline of, oh my goodness, it was not even a year after he'd been evacuated out, emergency, out of Saigon because the North was taken over and bombing and all of these things that we were living this seven, you know, then my seven years of my adolescence started. So looking back at that, I mean, I, it helped me so much to just forgive even more, you know, to realize, oh my goodness, when I went into the book, I was still kind of angry and I still, I had to go back and soften some of the stuff I said um, to show what good people, you know, what a good man my dad was. Um, So, yeah, as things come up, we have to forgive again, you know, and as new layers of um, when you realize, wow, you see, you see, um, you know, friends that talk about their dads and, oh, my goodness, just they just are just best friends with them and they have all these great memories with them. And, and that's kind of a grieving thing. I you mm-hmm. kind of grieve that and, and it might bring up some things that I have to say, Nope, I forgave him. I forgave him. You know, I understand. And um, empathy is a huge, huge thing for us to be mm-hmm. able to forgive, whether it's ourselves, you know, or other people. Yeah, I love that so much, man. I mean, we could just keep talking and we're going to run out of time. So I want to tell you how to find more from Robin. It's RobinMelvin.com 
or crossrivermedia.com, or you can go to Kathy Craffy. I'm going to write two blogs out of the two episodes we did today. One of them is, this one is going to be Divine Design, Fostering a Confident Heart. So what I love about what you've said, Robin, is basically our confidence comes from knowing that we're designed by God, and that gives us compassion and empathy for everyone around us, even those who hurt us or failed You know, our parents are not perfect. They're going to fail. And we look around. It's so easy to be um, envious of other people's parenting, but we really don't know what how their family was. And yeah. I'm so proud of you for going deeper as you wrote. I, I just can't tell you how happy I am with this beautiful book you've written and <laughs> all that you, so much of your heart and life poured into that, all those pages. Really, it was just a pleasure to read it. So thank you for doing that. Thank you, Kathy. That means a lot. Well, it's you know, I'm a big fan, as you know. So I just feel very privileged to get to have you on the show and introduce you to our listening friends and bring them, you guys who are listening in. I just am so grateful to get to bring you, Robin, today. I feel like it's such a blessing to get to do that. So this is Kathy Craffy and Robin Melvin, and you've been listening to Fireside Talk Radio, where we speak truth with a Texas twang. Thank you for joining us today where we speak truth with a Texas twang. Oh, Johnny and